0: My Hockey Hero is proudly supported by eBay Canada. My name is Dean. Ever since I was a kid, I collected hockey cards with spare change my dad gave me. As a black person, to see others like me on the ice inspired me. I didn't see myself as a black hockey player. I saw myself as a hockey player. They were my role models and showed me hockey is a game for everyone. When you're on a hockey card, it's, it's pretty cool. I've collected 100 rookie cards for NHL's black and biracial players, and I'm going to talk to all of them so you can learn their stories. Joachim Gage was born in Vancouver in 1973. He played 23 games in the NHL as a goalie for the Edmonton Oilers, as well as a long career in the ECHL, AHL, and in Europe.
1: Hockey card collectors are are a special breed of people, and uh, for someone halfway across the globe to to put forth the effort of writing, a, most of the time it's a handwritten letter, you feel obligated to, to sign it and get your butt to the post office to mail it out.
0: Joaquin was born in Vancouver, British Columbia, and is of Haitian descent. We had a great interview discussing some of his early experiences in hockey and how he overcame some um, incidents of racism, but still persevered. He played junior hockey with the Portland Winterhawks of the Western Hockey League, and then he uh, ended up being drafted in the fifth round, 1992 entry draft by the Edmonton Oilers. So it was a great pleasure to interview Joaquin, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Growing up in Vancouver, Joaquin found hockey... In an unusual way.
1: Yeah, I mean, Vancouver was unbelievable city, um, and how I really got started in hockey is is, a, is kind of a funny thing. I mean, as a kid, you just you want to be around your friends, play with your friends all the time, and I was I played so- soccer after the games on a Saturday, all the kids on my team left right away and I was always like where are they going like why do they have to leave so quickly there's there's a park over there we can go play in the park (laughs) and uh, they were going to play hockey I went home I told my parents I go I want to go play hockey with my friends and so I remember my dad took me to like a secondhand sporting store and we got some gear and and uh I'm a player at this point um and I I distinctly remember because it was a Saturday night and I went back home, sat in front of the TV, and I watched. It was probably—I'm pretty sure it was a—it was a Leafs game on on Hockey Night in Canada that I was watching, and and uh, yeah, it was just that that I was the Tim Hortons commercial with the with the guy sitting in front of the TV, dreaming about. That's what I wanted to do. That's when I first realized that.
0: As a natural athlete, Joaquin soon realized he had talent as a goalie.
1: I had some gifts. I I picked things up pretty quick. Like I was. I was good in all the sports, so I was I was I was great at track. Um, I played football, uh, soccer, like I said. So, the first time I realized that I was that I was good, uh, we were playing a game and we weren't my, my team in Caresdale, We were terrible. Like so the other teams that we played would usually crush us, but I think we won a game, and and I I had stopped. A bazillion shots in this game and there was actually a at the time a western hockey league scout at the game and i remember coming out and i was just a young kid he was actually there uh scouting the the next game because that's when the older kids were but my play caught his attention as a i think i was 10. he was actually talking to my mom and dad about so, you know what? What's his plan? You know your your son's really good. Keep at it. This is this is something that we would definitely be looking at in the future. So when I was I was shocked that this because uh, you know you you hear about the other leagues and professional hockey, but you just you didn't you didn't really grasp it at that point. So that was the first indication that huh maybe uh, maybe there's something here for me.
0: As his talent grew. Joaquin was sent to a place that put him out of his comfort zone
1: I uh, ended up going to the Affle Murray College of Notre Dame for in grade nine. I was thirteen years old and my, i remember my my mom dropping me off in Wilcox saskatchewan which if you've ever been it's it's uh it's it's a site because there's nothing there except a school in the middle of nowhere. And, um, it was the place to go for, for hockey at, at that time. And, um, Rod Brendamore were there in my, my first year playing on the, on the junior team. But, um, at that point at that time at, at Notre Dame, you were either going there to play hockey or you were sent there by a judge. That was basically the, the, the people that went there. And then, like, meeting all these kids, it was my first introduction to, to prairie kids and the way they played hockey. And it was just completely different. And so I, uh, faster, quicker, the way they played, the tougher. Like, it was just, it was a completely different game that I had been playing. And these were some of the best kids in, in Western Canada.
0: In the 1980s, being so far away from home, was much tougher to stay in touch with his family.
1: Back then, it was phone calls to the payphone Sunday nights because long-distance rates were cheap. <laughs> that's, uh, that, so that's when I would talk to them. A few letters, care packages. They would send some food or whatever like that. Um, completely different way to uh, to be. But to tell you the truth, I, I wanted to go. I couldn't wait to... Well, in the summer times, I in Vancouver... Um because I just wanted to play hockey all the time, I would go to uh u b c hockey school and back then, there was no goalies so and i was because I played in caresdale and I knew the the organization the head of u b c hockey school was part of caresdale point gray hockey association so um they obviously had overnight camps, but they would use the the uh the Greek chapters or the dormitories for to house the the hockey players. I just lived down the road, but it just to save me time, I would basically, as a nine ten year old kid, just go live in the dorms and I would just walk over to the rink and because no there weren't any goalies, so I would go from rink to rink to rink to rink and just go play on each each uh, or go to every session, essentially, so for free <laughs>
0: Joaquin had a mentor that he has huge gratitude for.
1: I had a, a really good goalie coach when as a kid. His name was Norm or McDougal. He was uh, he was an old, grouchy kind of goalie coach. He uh, I just remember him because he he made me work really hard and and kind of installed like you have to work really hard if you want to be want to be good at this. And I was just a young kid, but. Um, I was I was a sponge when I I was easily coachable. When someone asked me to try something, I there there wasn't a lot of a lot of hesitation for me to try that and or implement it in my game. Whether I stuck with it, um, that's another thing. Um, I mean, back then you didn't. It, it was completely different for goalies. We were we were really kind of on our own, so to speak. Not a lot of goalie camps or things like that. Those, those didn't come on until um, I was a little bit older. When Joaquin was cut from the team, he made a bold decision. I was at Notre Dame, um, and I got cut off the the midget AAA team. And being a young, uh, unhappy kid, I uh, I I said I'm, I don't want to go here anymore. They don't think I'm a good goalie, and they I talked to a few teachers, and and they were what they said to have. F- 15 year or 16-year-old kid just just should be said. Let's leave it at that. But um, I went home, and I actually phoned the Kamloops Blazers from Notre Dame to ask them for a tryout the following year. I gave them my resume. I sent them my stats, things like that. Um, and they said, yeah, we'll have you at camp. I went home that after that school year. I was going into grade 12, um, and I, I walked on to the Kamloops Blazers training camp. They, they, and they had Corey Hirsch, Dale Masson, like two really established Western Hockey League goaltenders. I managed to stay with them as a third goalie until about middle of October, until they really had to let me go or, or trade me or things like that. Um, they said that they had traded me to Sw- the Swift Current Broncos. So I went, traveled out to Swift Current, stayed out there for a week, And then they said, no, we're going to stick with the guys they have. And I was like, but I thought I was traded here because Kamloops traded a few extra players, but I was still on Camoops' list. So I think they were trying, I was thinking they were trying to work a deal and something didn't work out. At that time, it's so hard to make a team because all teams are established. Um, I bounced around in the BC Junior League. And finally, uh, close to Christmas time, I found myself without a team to play for.
0: If you're enjoying My Hockey Hero and thinking about starting your own hockey card collection, I'd suggest you start with eBay. eBay is all about connecting communities and fueling passions. Because of its thriving card collector community, I was able to make my dream come true by collecting the rookie cards of the NHL's black and biracial players. Start your own collection at eBay.ca
1: slash hockey cards. I remember going home uh, and Really down, um, and uh, my dad had mentioned. He said, "Look, you you got to find a team. You can't just uh, you can't take the rest of the year off. You or you're you're not going to have a career." Um, I looked in the in the BCJHL for the the worst team in the BCJHL in the paper, uh, w- which was in Bellingham, so really close to Vancouver. I uh, and I I phoned the coach, uh, told him my whole story, and he said, "Well, get down here for practice." um tomorrow uh the next day I drove to practice and he just he goes "Yep, yeah, get in like get in the net and he ran practice but he stood right next to me and watched me the whole practice like for an hour he watched me and to practice blows the whistle he looks at me he goes yep you're better than that guy you're playing tomorrow night in Nanaimo and uh I was like oh my gosh so the next night I'm in Nanaimo Uh, I managed to have a really good game. We win 2-1. I think I stopped like 53 shots. But what happened was I was still on Kamloops' list. The Portland Winterhawks were in Victoria, I believe, playing the Cougars the following night. But the GM and and the coach had come up to watch the game in Nanaimo. And they saw me play. And I think three days later, they made a trade with Kamloops for my rights.
0: At this time, Joaquin was usually the only black player, and often he experienced racism.
1: Oh, to say that there weren't speed bumps was is an understatement. There was there was a lot of use of the n word. I won't I won't lie. That's uh, very hurtful things. I I remember one of the things being a person of color and in a in a in a situation where you're the only one. Like back then, there weren't many other. People, kids that looked like me that played hockey were mostly white kids, um, just waiting for the the racial comment to come out in certain situations and pretending that you didn't hear it. So you just didn't want, like, for a long time. I just pretended I didn't hear that stuff and and would let it slide because I didn't want that confrontation with 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 other kids. Um, when it happened on the ice, I guess I guess I just. Chalked it up to just being part of the game, trying to get under my skin, and it actually fueled me more than anything. At that, you know, when your own teammates were doing it, though, that's that it hurt. Uh, that that was that was quite hurtful.
0: When Joaquin was drafted to the WHL for the Portland Winterhawks, he realized he was very close to the NHL.
1: It was a it was a good it was a big learning experience, and I was. I mean to me that was kind of the pinnacle too right I made the NA I I mean in Portland you you felt like you were in the NHL we played in a 10,000 seat arena and I think we averaged like 8,500 for for the games right and and it was what was really interesting is obviously meeting other uh, players that were not only focused in Portland but focused on the on their future and talking about the NHL and and the hot, and the hockey news and stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh, right? That's, uh, I, it, it was, it was then when I realized, oh my god, is, the next step is kind of the NHL, and then all of a sudden, you know, I see my picture in 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 draft eligible players and and where they're rated and things. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is nuts. <laughs> it was such a finite moment in time right i was i was in in the bottom of the garbage can <laughs> to where i wanted to be and within a year and a half i was at the pinnacle right so um i just like you never never give up even when it's uh, when it's darkest you know if you if you have if you believe in yourself and there's something there you can you can accomplish great things one of the besides you know my, my kids and everything. That's one of the biggest accomplishes accomplishments of my life is from where I was to where I got to was uh, I mean it was it was light years.
0: When the NHL draft came, Joaquin was apprehensive.
1: I didn't want to go. Um, I'd heard too many stories about guys that didn't get drafted that went and but actually. I was rated a lot higher than that. So there was a good chance I would get drafted, but that was the year that all the Russians went. Like the the draft was in the Montreal Forum in in the middle of summer, so just imagine the humidity and no AC in that in a full building without the ice and uh and the first round took 3 hours. So I was more worried about sweat stains in my suit getting and getting called than anything else. But my uh yep, yeah, my, my mom and my dad came and, and sat beside me and we 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 battled through five rounds and it was it was funny because the first two rows of tables were all the teams that obviously didn't do as well the in the years prior, and then the last two were all the the more successful teams. And so I was thinking, oh, I gotta get to those next two rows. I don't wanna go into the last two. And Edmonton was the last pick in that first two rows. And I hated the Oilers. I couldn't stand them. Growing up as a as a Canuck kid, I like I hated them with a passion. Hated Gretzky. Loved Grant Fuhrer, hated the Oilers because they would come into Vancouver. Vancouver would be up like five-one after the second, and they'd lose seven six, right? Like to Gretzky would go nuts in the third period. So having a name like Joaquin and going through school every year with the teacher butchering your name and not knowing how to pronounce it. I knew within seconds that in the, when the Edmonton Oilers were picking in the fifth round and they, and they said, uh, from the Portland Winterhawks, and then there was a long pause with the name. I stood up, I knew it was me. And then they announced my name. So, and my, my love hate went, my hate went to love probably in the next 10, 15 meters on my way down to, to the to the table to meet everybody.
0: (laughs) While playing on the Oilers, Joaquin realized that he and his fellow teammates were making hockey history.
1: My last year of playing with Edmonton, um, we had five people of color playing on on the team, right? Like, that has never happened and It'll be tough to for that day. I think, maybe one day, but it, it'll be a while till that kind of happens again. Oh, yeah. I remember, because it was great, Greerzy, Anson Carter, Sean Brown, George Laroc, myself. Um, I remember we were playing, we went, flew into St. Louis, and um, I grabbed the USA Today, and usually in the sports page, like hockey's at the back in the U.S., but right there in the front of the USA Today, uh, was a picture of all of us, uh, on the, on, in the paper. I was like, and I was like, wow, that's, that's really something. And it was such a great team because we didn't, no one, it wasn't even really talked about that much on the team. That's how, that's how tight that team was.
0: After the NHL, Joaquin joined team Canada.
1: Basically, I was a journeyman goalie trying to get back to the NHL at one point. If you look back to when I tried out with Camloops, um, Tom Rennie was was the coach at that point, and he knew me as that young kid that walked on. And, and obviously, I think he kept tabs on me here and there. And I'd run into him obviously playing against him in junior with with the Portland Winter Hawks. He was the head coach of the. The men's national program so he phoned me and asked if i wanted to join the uh, the men's national team for the year so it was the last year of uh team canada with the men's national team that would play in all those tournaments so the oldest vestia which is now the baltica sweden games the finnish cup the the obviously world championships spengler cup um so yeah i i joined uh i joined team canada and and traveled traveled all over the world that was such an enjoyable year of playing hockey.
0: But surprising to Joaquin, he soon found himself getting drafted again.
1: It didn't look like I was getting back to the NHL. I remember my exit meetings with Tom Renia that last year with Team Canada, asking him if there was any interest with uh, with any NHL teams, and he didn't he said not really. No, I haven't heard anything. But he says um, the Hamilton Bulldogs, who I played with before, were looking for to solidify their goaltending. So I went to Hamilton, and I didn't realize, like, I hadn't kept tabs on other leagues. I wasn't one of those guys. I realized they had to they had to win, like, the last, or two of the last three to, to make the playoffs. One of the trainers goes, Scott Housen wants to talk to you. And I was like, really? And I go, okay, it's weird. But uh, I walked in, and I thought it was just, you know, because we'd known each other for a while, and the Oilers want to sign you for, for next year. <laughs> and I thought he was just pulling my leg. I was just like, okay, Scott. Yeah, yeah, fine, whatever. And he goes, no, no, I'm serious, Joaquin. We want to we get in touch with your agent. I go, okay, Scott. I left and thinking he was just kind of being nice. But lo and behold, a week later, I had an offer from the Oilers. Your dream is always to play in the NHL. I couldn't say no to a second opportunity. And again, quite an accomplishment for myself.
0: Moving on to Europe. Joaquin found himself faced with some very public racism.
1: Very very hurtful. Um one uh episode that happened, I it was my first year playing in in Germany. Um we were it was kind of a meet the fans at the beginning of the year. There were a bunch of racist people in the crowd yelling at me. Um derogatory slangs in german i it was my first year in germany i didn't speak the language i had no idea what and um the next so i afterwards i i had heard this and i'm like oh my gosh does this exists you know and then you i'm thinking god i just watched some old war movie and there's is there, what's going to happen i i didn't feel safe all of a sudden and i remember going back to the hotel and and uh my wife was going to join me in a few weeks and I was like whoa let's I don't know if I'm gonna stay here I don't know if it's safe for for you or I um and then but then we talk about the good things that happen right so the next day my 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 the captain of my team Toby Abstrider uh who uh who's who I I believe he coaches the world junior German team now um he uh, he came up to me and. Uh, set me aside and we sat down and he told me what what happened um and everything that they said and, and things like that and um and so don't worry we're we're going to take care of everything and just kind of put everything at ease and we went out for a practice and it was the practice was open to the to the, to the fans and uh, and Castle they had just great fans they had made up this huge big banner um, apologizing to me like in german i i still and so it was funny cuz the cafe came, did you did you see the sign i go yeah but i don't i don't know what it says and it was they were apologizing for for what happened yesterday so um you know there's there's only there's a there's a few idiots out there but there's a lot of really really good people as well so and that just solidified my decision and, and i played there for for 3 years
0: Joaquin can see things getting better but believes we need to continue to be vigilant against racism.
1: Only in the last few years is if I, if I hear something derogatory is I, I confront the person and talk to them about it. I, I, I don't, I don't put up with it anymore. Um, it, uh, I, have <laughs> I, I swept it under the rug long enough. Um, the only way it's going to stop is I have to do my part a little bit as well. You know, it, um, it, uh, unfortunately, it 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 actually reared its racism reared its ugly head just a a couple years ago at a at a I was doing a charity golf event and a guy actually coming kind of came up to my face and said something just completely wrong and expected me to I don't know actually what he expect he was laughing I guess he thought it was funny um, but I, it it was it was an it was a very uncomfortable moment for myself I'll tell you that. I guess I'm optimistic. I, I, it, it, racism seems to, to rear its ugly head, here and there. Um, I mean, it all starts with education. We're, we're not born, hating another person, you know. And I guess one of the most encouraging things is when I do see young kids. There's, it is way more diverse than it than it was. There's all walks of life playing hockey. Um, that can only strengthen uh, the game and, and, and try to eliminate that. Lastly, he has some advice for the young hockey players of today. I would, if they want to play hockey, I tell them to play as long as they can. And if you, even if you, if you're, if, if you're doing well, there's, it, it can open the door so much for everything in your life. A lot of my success well basically everything is my participation in team sport and being a hockey player I have, there's so many lessons that I've learned that I've implemented into my day-to-day life from from a kid playing hockey is it, it you, you just it's it's hard to find those attributes in, in anything else I think and of course I'm there's a lot of other sports you can play and you get the same type of things I'm partial to hockey but um, I try to push people towards hockey because of the the advantages and the joy you get of accomplishing things with other people. And in in today's world, I think there could be a lot more of that with helping out your uh, the people beside you and accomplishing those things as a team rather than individually.
0: We're proud to be working with Hockey Equality. Hockey Equality is on a mission to create diversity at all levels of the game of hockey by lowering financial barriers for BIPOC female and other equity-deserving youth hockey players. If you've been moved by the stories shared on this podcast and want to help make hockey accessible to all, check out HockeyEquality.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast but would like to dive deeper, then check out our extended version of this interview at Recognize, Black Hockey Heroes of the NHL. You can click on the link in the show notes or find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can see the cards of the players in my collection at blackhockeycards.com. This has been a Podstarter Production. production.